You just lay off me while you're still standing, Jones. He straightened, hands balled into fists at his side. I'm more mountain man than you'll ever be, even if you live here in the Rockies the rest of your sorry life. He pointed a finger at the great beyond. Why, you wouldn't last a week out there on your lonesome. If you didn't have copper to watch over you, you'd be deader than that threshed wheat. Tucker started to hotly impugn McCall's assertions, but he retreated as self-doubt rippled through him. Yep, that's right, Micah drawled, recognizing Tucker's hesitation for what it was. Fighting for a cause with a bunch of other men is different than fighting to live all by yourself out here. You gotta know how to make a shelter for yourself, rustle up your own vittles, endure winters that'll freeze the balls off polar bears, and stay one step ahead of about 10,000 Injuns who are looking for white men's scalps to add to their collections. He wandered to the double doors, open to the night. I took to them mountains like a duck to water, but I damn near died countless times that first couple of years. From what I've observed, you're out of your paddock, Jones. Tucker stared at Micah's back and gritted his teeth. You know one of the main reasons I don't like you, McCall. You're not above kicking a man when he's down. Micah glanced at him with surprise. I'm only telling it like I see it, Jones. Surely you must have doubts about making a life for yourself out here. You never did? Micah stared at the dark shadows of the mountains against the star-pocked sky. Never with any conviction. Tucker amassed all the bravado at his fingertips. Don't waste doubts on me, McCall. If I decide to stay, I'll be more than able to take care of myself. I've done it for years. He stood beside McCall and delivered a steely glare. After all, I've had a good teacher in copper. True, but I saw your face when I told you about the war and Lincoln's death. It means nothing to me and Copper and Anne, but it knocked you off your feet. You're tied to the lowlands. I'm an American just like you. Lincoln wasn't my personal president. He was yours, too. He didn't preside over anything up here. To hell, you say, Tucker scoffed. We didn't pay a speck of attention to that war you've been waging. Maybe you didn't, but others did. What did you think I was doing in this territory? I'm not the only soldier in these parts, McCall. Copper has an excuse for not being involved with the war or having no interest in Lincoln. After all, she was raised by the Crow. But you have no excuse except your own lazy ignorance. McCall's head snapped around and his eyes blazed briefly. Watch your mouth. All I'm saying is that war had nothing to do with us up here and I'm saying you're either wearing blinders or you're stupid. That war was fought to put an end to men like you buying themselves maids and field hands and wet nurses and bed warmers. I never bought another human. You traded for Anne. What is she, a pack animal? Micah emitted a low growl that keened upward as he executed a roundhouse swing. Tucker ducked, and Micah's arm swished over his head, throwing the big man off balance. Tucker plowed into him, knocking him sideways. Micah stumbled backward, but regained his balance. He huffed and puffed, eyes narrowed with hate. Tucker held up his hands, palms outward. McCall, tap your cork back in. I'm only telling the truth. You bought Anne, and you aren't the only man who has bought himself a woman here in these mountains. But the war is over, and the Union won, and that sort of behavior won't be allowed anymore among us Americans, not even here in your sacred mountains. Both men were startled out of their face-to-face -face confrontation by the gentle clearing of a feminine throat. 
They twisted in unison to find copper silhouetted in the doorway.